Welcome to the Disruptive Mindset Podcast, where we embark on a journey in our mini-series titled Beyond Labels, Unleashing the Power of Diverse Minds. I'm Emma, your host, and as a co-founder and CEO of Disruptive Hiring, I'm passionate about exploring the potential of diverse talent. Throughout this series, we'll delve into critical topics such as next generation and neurodiversity, evolving values, and the impact of technology on the way we work. And I'm joined by Carmen Jones, who's going to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Carmen Jones, your co-host, a principal consultant at Wipro specialising in talent and change. What a great opportunity this podcast has been. Understanding the unique strengths of the next generation, diversity, and how values have evolved. Conversations have been inspiring and what great fun it's been speaking with all the dynamic individuals. Get ready to gain a fascinating insight into the minds of Generation Z. Join us in this podcast as we sit down with Rachel Spiro, an ambitious young professional with two years experience as account executive at Gartner. Rachel's unique perspective as a Gen Z representative will shed some light on what the next generation truly wants. Tune in to discover their aspirations, their values, and how they are reshaping the future of the workforce and beyond. Welcome, Rachel. So on this morning's podcast, we've got Carmen Jones, who is co Uh, presenter and our guest this morning is Rachel Spiro and I'm going to dive straight into questions Rachel okay the first question are you ready Um, so can can you share with us um, an overview of your role and how you chose your first job out of university yeah absolutely so right now I am an account executive um, at Gartner so what that means is really my job is split up into two main roles. One half of the job is bringing in new business. It's it's a sales role overall, but um, yes, that's one part of it. And then the other part is looking after existing clients. So that can be things like selling them new uh, solutions that better align to the challenges they're facing, which would be sales. Um, But it's also really making sure that they're getting the value from their service and making sure that they, you know, they feel pretty comfortable with their investment. So that's, yeah, that's the role. So did you know, when you when you were coming through university, did you have like, this is the direction I'm going to go in? Or was it like, you came out of university and thought, what the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit of both, really. I mean, I, I'm not really one of those people who, you know, have always known what they wanted to do. I, I was never one of those people. I was always more uh, kind of open-ended. <laughs> I didn't really know. And I studied history of art. And English literature at university so my job right now is quite different um, to that so I think that kind of answers the question um, but I did know that I wanted to go into sales before I went into sales um, I did a few internships also my my mother's a commercial director and I have my dad who works in the corporate world as well so I kind of had that exposure um, already which was quite lucky um, and so I kind of I was quite drawn to sales because I mean I, I found communication you know, to be a skill that I had um, at, at university. Obviously, communication is really important, studying literature. You're writing essays the entire time. Um, and so I thought that is something I want to develop further in my career and what career will essentially help me do that best. And I thought sales really was kind of one of the best ones for that. Um, 
so yeah that's 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 what I knew. It's a great skill to have, actually, sales. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a great place to land. So did you do, like, the milk round when, when you came out and sort of, like, applied to millions of jobs? And, yeah. And then just one sort of felt right? Yeah, so I applied to lots of different jobs. Um, I think what was more difficult for me was figuring out what industry I wanted to work in. Um, and once I really nailed down what I wanted from the, my career and from my job, and I realised that what I really wanted was to be in an industry that was you know, growing rapidly, that was changing rapidly, um, that offered a lot of career progression for me, um, technology kind of seemed like the, the most appropriate one. And, uh, and, and it has been so far. So Brilliant. yeah, I completely get that. And I think I definitely kind of can resonate with you because I know when I was kind of like start going into the workplace and it was it was very much around right what industry and I think technology was something that I picked up on. I was like, well, technology is booming and it's always going to yeah. be around. So it's a great place to land. So exactly. I completely respect that and understand that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think so? Obviously, you've kind of identified your industry and kind of tech was the kind of the industry you wanted to go down. Mm. Um and you knew you had these sales kind of skills. Do you think being kind of um, the next generation kind of coming in? So I believe you're our generation Z. Uh, yeah. So you're kind of the next gen. Um, yeah. Do you think that kind of um, that it's kind of different? So your generation is kind of what's the expectation from work and values and expectations from an employer? Do you think mm. that came into any of your thinking? It definitely did. I um and I was thinking about this question earlier. It, it it definitely did. And I think just to give a few examples, I think during COVID as well, which was when I was wrapping up university and I was spending a lot of time at home, um, I had a really great kind of balance between my university life and being at home and, and I felt really healthy in that. And I think going into work, that's something I wanted to continue. So I think the first thing was around work-life balance. It's also something that is mentioned all the time now. It's really important. Um, and so for me that was extremely important that my my employer offered that and had the same attitude towards work-life balance that I did. Um, I, I think in terms of expectations from from work and I think I maybe it's similar to a lot of other Gen Zers I don't know I can just really speak for myself but I wanted my employer to encourage I suppose in the same line of work-life balance you know time for me outside of work to grow, to grow myself personally not just professionally. Um, so whether that be things like offering online courses or having a really good training program for me to get into the world of work, that was really important to me as well. And probably also why I went into kind of a more, a larger, more corporate business to begin with is because they typically offer, you know, really, uh, detailed and, and rigorous training programs. And that's something that was important to me too. I think that's really, yeah. I think that's super interesting, isn't it, Carmen, you know, sort of, uh, that that really differs so if you look at me when we came into it we were just lucky to have it we lucky to get into a job you know and then it was just like worked 24 7 you know to get where you want to go I mean that's yeah that's really changed I think you know um definitely so if you were look if you were you know a company how do you believe companies would sort of best approach recruiting sort of the gen z talent um I think a few a few different ways. I think looking at what you know stereotypically Gen Zers care about, things like uh, independence and um, 
uh, autonomy, self-direction, having a little bit more freedom um, and being able to, you know, have your voice heard, quote unquote. Um, I think- What does that mean, Rachel? What does, yeah. what does it mean? <laughs> I mean... How does that play out? I wanna know. <laughs> so I think, look, realistically speaking, at any company, you know, you're going to an entry level job straight away. So you can't go into an entry level job expecting to, to, you know, run the business from the get go or, you know, any of your ideas to be implemented at the top. That's kind of not what I expected at all. But I did, you know, want from my company and I think what a lot of other, you know, a lot of people in the new generation want is to feel like they'll be valued in the company. Mm-hmm. We don't want to feel like robots. And I think because there is more conversation around mental health and again, work-life balance, there's just more importance placed on the human side of work um, than there ever has been maybe. So yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, yeah. that's, that's definitely something I would recommend to, to go back to your question, recommend to companies who are looking to hire um, new talent is to really make sure all of that, the purpose, the human centricity, make sure that's really communicated to the new talent that you're engaging with. On top of that, doing that on digital platforms. So I think, I'm speaking for myself and a lot of other people, when we're looking for jobs, we go to LinkedIn, we go to social media. So I think using um, digital recruitment channels is another another big thing. I think you've, um, you've touched on such a big point there as well around kind of a few of the kind of things that companies um, need to offer and the values. And that mental health one is actually huge at the moment because I know that there's um there's one of my colleagues uh, who actually works she works in a different firm but she's actually just trained up to be a mental health first aider and they're yeah. now mental health first aiders within every team and I just think that's such a good culture for companies to have and around the digital tech um so one of my clients um, we we have this thing where we do lots of health and safety briefings and stuff. And I always do a briefing around kind of digital tech and making sure that you take a break, step away from it. How do you step away? Turn things on, do not disturb. Make sure you're not looking at screens before bed. Bookmark mm-hmm. you under a date. And it's all around this kind of this mental health and well-being. It's become so big over COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I see that play out every day, to be honest, at, at work. We have talks from many people from senior leadership really regularly looking after our mental health taking a step back from work um which i don't think is a conversation that was had you know until semi-recently um so it has become extremely important um and i I definitely see that all the time what's coming up for me i'm really curious do do they is it lip service do you think or do do, are companies really really adhering to this you know because I just think work work is busy, right? I mean, especially yeah. in corporate, it's super, 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 super busy. And it's all very well saying, oh, we do diversity, we do gender and inclusion, we mm. do step away from your provision. Do you think they really mean it? <laughs> do, you, do you see that actually playing? Yeah. No, I think they do. I mean, I can't really speak for any other company aside from the one I work in. Um, but personally, for me, I do think it's not just lip service. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for example, the other week we had a whole afternoon carved out in the office where different teams presented um, reasons why we should donate to different charities. And then we all voted on which one we actually want to donate to. And just the fact that we carved out an entire, it really was like a whole day because we had to prepare it in the morning. The fact that we carved out an entire day for that, I mean, it says a lot, I think. 
so no, I do think that it's uh, it's genuine. Um, yeah, I do. I do think so. I love that. So, so if you, if I, if I was um, or sort of large corporate, I was grouping recruiting. What would be like the top three things that you would have as a as a benefit, or you know, what, what do you you know as a as a company benefit? What do you think that would attract Gen Z? If you were mm. looking, not that you are, but if you were looking for a new job, what what yeah. would be the top three things when you looked at their benefits that you okay. that I would like? Yeah. Uh, that's that's a really good question. And, you know, I'm I'm not looking for a new role at all, but, you know, obviously I see things coming up regularly on my LinkedIn. So I, you know, have a quick look. Um, and I think the things that always stand out as a good sign of a good company is things like health insurance. That's something that isn't always offered, but it's really important. Um, health insurance, um, at my company specifically, there are benefits um, and funds donated to looking after your well-being. Um, that you can use for a variety of different things. Um, so that's really important to me. And then probably on top of that, it's kind of similar to health insurance, but having mental health support. So the company itself offering a sort of mental health um, support team. I think that's that's really important too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, no, and I, I see that coming through. It's um, that's quite interesting uh, because... Uh, the, uh, another uh, kind of podcast that Emma and I have kind of looked at, health insurance actually came out from uh, the next generation. So it's obviously a theme running through that yeah. I hadn't kind of picked up on before. But yeah, that's yeah. It's interesting yeah. hearing it now from a couple of people. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well, another thing I want to add to that, kind of stepping away from the health and, and wellness side of things, are kind of and I think I mentioned it earlier but opportunities to personally and professionally develop yourself so if a company offers online courses or they'll help fund um, a course that you want to take um, I think that's also a really good sign that your company you know they value you as as an individual and they want to help you succeed um, and not just inside of work so I think yeah. that's important too and I guess are you seeing any of that in kind of digital tech so I think you obviously being next gen and I mean generation alpha was soon also going to be looking at kind of coming into the workplace and they are mm. far more digital savvy than kind of any generations that have kind of come through um, yeah. and I think are you are you seeing any of that kind of that digital savviness and that kind of tech and how's that kind of being harnessed kind of within your workplace mm. that's a really good question I think I'm quite lucky. I think I have a good perspective on this because my role is working with technology vendors who are selling these products. Um, and so I kind of speak to a lot of clients who are offering um, solutions that help companies be more or employees be a bit more productive in their work or more collaborative or, you know, speed up time to task completion. Um, and so I think there, there are major trends um, in the industry. I think everyone knows about AI. This is a really, really big one at the moment. Obviously, um, yeah, I mean, I hear about 100,000 times a day. So <laughs> AI is big um, in terms of automating repetitive tasks um, and freeing up time to do some, you know, complete more complex um, and more strategical tasks. So that's a really, really big one and definitely one that we're using um, internally too. And then there are some really cool technologies as well that we're not necessarily using, but I'm, I'm seeing 
pretty regularly, things like virtual reality um, and augmented reality as well are, are really kind of climbing up uh, the hype cycle at the moment. You know, I mean, from what I've seen, a lot of healthcare providers use it to train their um, their doctors to do really complex surgeries, but without actually being within, within physical distance of one. Um, so there are lots of kind of health and safety uh, benefits to to VR and AR. Yeah, there, there are some really cool things going on. And I think as well as, as sustainability um, becomes more and more important for a lot of companies, there are technologies like uh, like IoT, Internet of Things, which essentially connects lots of different sensors together um, and then measures real-time data around a building. So then the, you can really optimize the energy outage uh, in the building and you can make sure that you're not, you know, uh, expending too much uh, energy. <laughs> really so yeah so there's so really really interesting things working at the moment yeah yeah no i i see i see a lot of that as well so coming from a tech wipro being a tech company as well mm. i see kind of a lot of that tech kind of being used obviously ai right is kind of being yeah. branded everywhere but the virtual reality i'm seeing coming in a lot more now and a lot more of our conversations around training yeah so, yeah you're, yeah you're spot on there um yeah. but you mentioned sustainability and I, mm. that's quite an interesting because I'm I'm very passionate about that topic myself. Yeah. And yeah. you, how are you kind of seeing that being on the front line, working from a tech company? Are you seeing that it's kind of driving decisions from within companies? Are companies really kind of changing and moving the needle? Do you think that it actually, I mean, there's multiple questions I'm actually wanting to ask within one there. Mm. So I think let's just start, yeah. Yeah. With that question. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I think, I, you know, I'm pretty low down in my company, so I don't really know what goes on way up top. But from what I can see, there are things coming out all the time, like a cycle to work scheme um, that increases, you know, our commitment to sustainability. Uh, I think the way that our offices are being managed, especially after COVID, where offices weren't being used at all, there's a lot more kind of uh, awareness of how to most sustainably, you know, use our offices. Um, so they, and there is communication around that pretty regularly so yeah no, I, I do see it but I think it, it's, it's a little bit more challenging because I am further away from those decisions being made at the top and I'm sure there is a lot more going on that I don't know about but yeah they, those our sustainability um, our commitment to sustainability are regularly communicated yeah. throughout the company so yeah it is, it is definitely a big topic of conversation and um, what about for you I mean would it ever impact you like driving any decisions like so I think as we kind of said earlier you're not looking at moving but say you were <laughs> would you ever kind of have that as one of your values you think looking for another a hundred percent a hundred percent and I did have it looking originally for the job I work in now um I think with sustainability and social and environmental um responsibilities these are really huge topics to to everyone but Gen Z is included it became a big topic during our time um, so to have a company that doesn't value those um, those values would be kind of a definitely something I wouldn't consider because it kind of it it shows a sort of out of touchness uh, with mm -hmm. the real world and uh, a lack of commitment towards building a better world and society, a lot of a lack of responsibility to your position in the market. So yeah, so it is incredibly important to me that uh, the company I work for is has the same attitudes that I do. Because then I feel like I've got purpose and I feel like I'm contributing to something better. So yeah, definitely. At least thought about it anyway and sort of, you know, have 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 some agendas around it. I think you're, you know, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. 
So that, so that, I mean, that. What about leadership? You know, because um, that's got to evolve in the workplace. Leadership, mm. leadership. You know, and then you've got you know the Gen Z generation actually coming in. Um, mm. You know, so how how do, how do you see leadership evolving to support this? The, the, I mean, it may be a difficult question to answer. I don't know because you are in that in that in the moment. But what's important to you from probably that's a better question? What's important to you from a leadership point of view? Yeah, I think, and we may have touched on it a bit earlier, but I think for me and for a lot of other Gen Zers, having the opportunity for development professionally and personally is really important. And so having a leader that can foster that environment of continuously learning, continuously developing, that's really, really important. And always kind of trying to move the needle every day to something better, optimizing processes um, and making sure that, everyone is you know doing their job to the best ability that they possibly can that's the way I, I see things moving and that's where I hope things will move um so I think that's that's kind of the main the main way I see leadership changing but I think another another way that's maybe changed and I don't know maybe you can you can speak to it as well but I think we we Gen Z is really value transparency we really like it when we're receiving feedback in a way that isn't you know sugar-coated or you know we like transparency and authenticity and so I hope that moving forwards more and more leaders will become a lot more kind of authentic in their communication um, and I think that that fosters a much more kind of trust-based environment which is also really important so yeah that's that's another way but I don't know but what about you have you seen that I, I think I think that's a, I don't know is the answer to that, but I think mm -hmm. it's a really, really, really valid point. And I think you know, people by people, don't they? And I think authenticity, mm -hmm. being real, transparency is absolutely yeah. key to to any sort of um, honest relationship. But I, I I suppose me growing up through you know companies etc., it probably hasn't been there so much. It's more been mm -hmm. this sort of master master you know doer. I, I was going to say. Yeah. At the moment, but I think that's probably <laughs> um, but <laughs> I felt like it sometimes. But yeah, no, I think I think I think that's a I think that's a really um, you know I think it's a very intelligent thing to say. If if, if yeah, if I'm if I'm completely honest, yeah, um, definitely. Um, yeah, and you just you just reminded me of something as well. I think you just said that you know there used to be a master and then like you know the student and there's that degree of separation that's quite big. And I think the way it's changing now from what I can see personally in my team with my manager is that it's much more collaborative and we come together to decide what we want to get out of a meeting, how we're going to structure the meeting, what works for us. Um, so I, I definitely see that being a change as well. So, do you know, I'm really yeah. curious, actually, um, do you have mentors? Uh, and do, and is, is that something that you have access to? Coaches? Mm. Um, you know, how, how does that play a, play a part in, in your development? Yeah, so when I when I came into the business, I had a mentor um, who was in the same team as I was, and uh, and that was really really valuable because it's also you know there's someone in your team at your level, and so you can kind of learn from them in a very different way than you learn from a manager. You're less nervous to make a mistake. You're less nervous to ask a stupid question. Um, so that so yeah, I did have a mentor coming in, and now I'm a mentor, so I can see that you know they they keep it going every yeah pass, pass it on I yes. you, I mean, do you, what about you with um 
I know you're not Gen Z, but the, sort of the coaching, the mentoring bit, is that something that you've found plays a big part in? It definitely does. Um, so it's it's not it's not maybe as structured uh kind of it definitely does so within my my work experience i haven't had it so structured from a company uh mm -hmm. that like this is a coach or this is your mentor and these are their roles and responsibilities however um from a coaching aspect i've done coaching externally so i've actually kind of uh gone out myself and found my own kind of exec coach because i saw such the value of it of having that kind of independent person that i could talk to bounce ideas off and get that exactly what you just said there rachel that kind of honest transparency and someone to really kind of ask those difficult questions mm. um i think that can that can be really difficult when you're in a in an organization to have that kind of independent advice i think it's a slightly more different role as a more of a mentor i don't know whether you find coaching so much from an internal perspective i think that can be quite difficult for anyone to achieve from a non-biased kind of sometimes way they sometimes feel that they're almost uh, kind of giving you opinions because they know too much about you mm. i don't know whether mm. that that's quite makes sense mm. yeah 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 no exactly i think, it's, I think an, that, it's an interesting i think it's an interesting it's an interesting topic that sort of coaching and mentoring yeah um you know yeah. i think it's got to be hugely important sort of uh, yeah whether it's an external coach because i do think external yeah. coaches give you a safe space they ask you difficult questions you yeah. know they can really help you grow as an individual especially when you've got tricky large corporate environments mm -hmm. that that just you know that, that sometimes i'm sure when you first come in you're like oh my god what the hell is this you know <laughs> um you know to help you navigate but i but i also think internal mentors um are probably it's yeah. important because they help you navigate an organization they you know it's somewhere you can go to go oh my god i buggered up you know blah blah blah, yeah. blah, blah you know so um yeah i do think it's uh you know it's an it's an interesting thing yeah. to hear from someone yeah. you know in a, in a in a in a company that values that you know it's mm. really good to hear to, to be honest with you and i like yeah. that all coming together you know when you come together and you know yeah, it's really good so, yeah yeah mm. cool no, I completely, I do, I do, yeah, I do, uh, I do agree with that. I just, I think there's slightly different roles for me internally to an externally sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah. What I would be interested in, though, is just to understand your views and your kind of thoughts on kind of diversity inclusion mm. and how that kind of benefits, how you feel that kind of benefits um, kind of employees, but also how it can benefit companies. So looking at it from both angles. Yeah, it's a great, really, really good question. I think from an employee perspective, I think having a more diverse workplace allows everyone to feel a sense of belonging almost to the company and allows everyone to feel that they have a place in the company because it's more diverse. Um, and I think because of that, you can then build stronger connections to your colleagues. Um, and then on top of that, having lots of different people at the office or you know working lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds you can have many perspectives like loads of perspectives on different uh, projects that you're approaching or different strategies that you're trying to um, optimize and having that difference of perspective is going to make the workplace more creative it's going to make it more innovative um, and it's going to allow you to grow more as an individual through learning from loads of different perspectives as well and I think that kind of links into your the second half of the question with the company um 
I think if your, you know, your your associates are being more innovative and creative and approaching problems um, collaboratively, then that's going to help solve your company's, you know, your problems <laughs> better and your problems with more um, with a more innovative perspective. Uh, I think on top of that as well, having more associates from a variety of backgrounds is actually going to help the company on a on a profit level as well. Huh? And I, I think, and I'll explain that a little bit. So I think if, you know, you have lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds and we're communicating with lots of different clients from lots of different backgrounds or lots of different prospects from lots of different backgrounds, you know, there's more opportunity to connect with those people. Um, and if we're connecting with those clients, that means, you know, loyalty, retention, um, which, you know, would drive growth and profitability. So I think, that's you know on a on a numerical side that's that would definitely help a company too yeah really love that and I love the word belonging it's one of my favorite yeah. words so uh, thank yeah. you for bringing that in it's such that's a good a word belonging community and all of that yeah. it's a I think it's 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 such a good thing that if any company can foster that or really mm. team I think it's a really nice yeah. good <laughs> definitely definitely and I think that is also something that's really important to to maybe Gen Z is maybe more than it was before feeling that sense of purpose and community at work um I think yeah and that's become more and more important I think also Gen Z is much more likely to have friends inside work than they take outside of work um than ever before perhaps so I think yeah community is really really important I'm not so sure that's changed you know I, I, really? I, well, I mean I think if you look back I mean I've seen yeah. friends where, um, from work, <coughs> when I first started at work, you know, sort of, yeah. my age, but 35 years ago, you know, yeah. my best friends I've made, in fact, a lot of my best friends I've made at work. So I'm not sure that bit's changed. I think that's seriously important. Yeah. There's also, you know, which is the problem now where you've got this sort of working from home, working from the office, you know, being mm. remote. How do you, how do you, how do you solve that problem? You know, if you're if you've got a, a Gen Z workforce coming in, or you're employing that, and if you don't have an office space and everyone's remote, um, you know, it's yeah. a trickier, it's a trickier, it's a trickier thing to foster, if you like. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it is definitely trickier. And I think, I think you asked the question earlier around uh, what what companies can do to better, you know, retract and and retain talent, and what we can do in the hiring process, etc. I think really kind of nailing down on the idea of community and giving your associates opportunities to connect in person, having like a structure in place for when you go into the office and when you don't, because we also want flexibility. I think having that in place is really important too. A bit more of a grown-up environment is what I'm hearing. Right. Over to you, Carmen. Um, so I think, I think it's just kind of coming down to then, I mean, we've talked a lot about kind of what you look for an employer and what you kind of maybe values, what you kind of attract and stuff. But I think if you then flip that around, around kind of misconceptions, what do you think is the biggest misconception that in companies, employers, workforces kind of have on the next generations coming up and coming through? Uh, that's really, that's a really interesting question. I think I think one of the biggest misconceptions and maybe something that people might hear when they hear me say, oh, you know, we want flexibility and mental health support and we want health insurance and all these lovely things that weren't necessarily provided to us before. 
you may think Gen Zers are a little bit entitled, a little bit, you know, lazy. We don't want to work really hard. We just want nice things. Um, and I think, I think that's a really huge misconception. Um, I think Gen Zers are much more aware of having a healthy work-life balance that we discussed earlier. We're much more aware of these conversations, which means that then we can ask for things that we wouldn't necessarily have asked for before. Um, and I think it's just awareness around these conversations and around um, also the productivity that comes from working with a good, healthy work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, that's a that's a really important thing to know. Um, and I think for companies that are looking to kind of mitigate that uh, misconception, I think it's about having really, really clear communication with your employees around what their goals are, what their aspirations are, how they want to achieve them, and then work together with them to help map out a plan of how they're going to do that. I think that's, yeah, that's one, one thing that I would that I've seen in my workplace that's worked and it's something I would definitely advise other organizations to do as well. I love that. Yeah. And that needs to be reframed and you're absolutely mm. right. It's not about being lazy and being entitled, although I'm sort of, some are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, aren't we all yeah. sometimes? Um, a little bit. <laughs> I think that's a reframing, a reframing there, but uh, thank you yeah. so much, Rachel. I love, I love uh, some of the things that you've um, said today, and I think it's uh, really enlightening. So thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure. Carmen? Thank you, Rachel. I know I've, I've learned so much from you, and it's um, just hearing your, some of the values that you've brought out around belonging and kind of trust, transparency, um, kind of communication and stuff. It's, it's been really enlightening. So thank you. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you.